time. Welcome back. We are back. Uh, I personally am still not over the divisional round, but whatever. We're back. There is a lot to talk about, but before we get into all that, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Lockdown Corner Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, where you can also see the live stream, or if you want just the audio experience, just hear our lovely voices, you can do so on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But we actually just got some breaking news, something we don't really ever get to start the show, so let's roll the images. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story. Breaking news. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen right now! Breaking news from the Twitter account of Adam Schefter. He is reporting. Jim Harbaugh has called Michigan to inform the school that despite interviewing with the Vikings today, he will be returning to campus for the 2022 season. Michigan was, well, this is all quoted from Schefter, by the way. So, quote, Michigan was, in the words of one source, elated to get Harbaugh's decision. So, Jim Harbaugh, although there were a lot of rumors about potentially the Dolphins and Minnesota Vikings, Jim Harbaugh back at Big Blue on signing day, which obviously helps Michigan. I personally never saw the appeal with the Vikings, truthfully. I I mean, I guess they got loaded weapons, but you have one more year at Kirk Cousins, and I guess he's a quarterback whisperer, but what quarterback has he had at Michigan? Let's be real. So it's just, Dustin, your reaction to the Jim Harbaugh thing, and we got a lot to get to, so if you don't have an opinion on it, that's cool. We'll keep moving. But the Jim, Jim Harbaugh going back to Michigan for 2022. It was it was surprising. Like you said, I heard a lot of rumors that he was for sure going to go to the Vikings, and I heard Miami. So, I mean, I guess if that's where he wants to go, it doesn't really bother me a whole lot. So, yeah, oh, well. Yeah, and as a Packer, from a Packers fan perspective, I never – I guess I don't understand because, cool, that would – this is Harbaugh's track record, by the way. I, I'm, this is just spitting facts. Everywhere Jim Harbaugh goes, he starts out, they you get immediate results. You hit the ground running, and you're really good right away. But then after three, four years, everyone kind of gets tired of the khaki pants and the dad jokes, and it just wears on people, and he's out in three, four years. Are the Vikings, I guess, I don't really know what the Vikings window is, but I don't think they're ready to go Super Bowl. They didn't make the playoffs this past year. So are they ready? I mean, they have the talent. Might need some defensive help. But I guess short-term, yeah, getting Jim Harbaugh to Minnesota would make a lot of sense, especially if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Division is now wide open. Sure, hit the ground running. You're in the playoffs. Probably a high seed because, let's face it, the Bears are struggling. We have no idea what the Packers are doing. If Rodgers is not here, that means Devontae Adams isn't here. And we went through that whole thing last week, so we won't get into that. But I, I, I see the appeal. I just I don't know that I see a fit there. But I, I understand what Harbaugh brings. I just don't know that I see a fit. But as we continue to roll on here, I guess we'll roll the imaging, but we have a lot of news and notes, so we're kind of breaking format today. We're basically just talking all news and notes, but we do have imaging for it, so let's roll. News and notes from the league. All 
All right, so obviously there is a big breaking story in the NFL, and that is the Washington football team. This wasn't on our sheet, but we should probably talk about this. The Washington football team is now the Washington Commanders. The jerseys are out in their normal maroon, white, and an alternate black, which I really dig the black look. Matte helmets. I mean, they could have done worse. I've in my just in my personal experience, I was back at my office for work today. People were talking, and it was a lot of, well, I don't know that I really like it. I kind of dig it. I know it kind of sounds like an Arena League football name, but I, I kind of dig it. So, Dustin, before we get into some heavy stuff, what did you think about the Washington Commanders reveal today? Yeah, I mean, I thought they looked pretty similar to the last ones they had, to be fair. I mean, I like, yeah, I, I liked them. They weren't bad. But, I mean, it's just kind of like at a point you could almost just left it as the Washington football team and just rolled out with their uniforms and called their good. But, I mean, I get you want to pick a name, you want to have a logo. I get that, but, eh, you know, it's Washington, I guess. You know, who, who knows what they're going to do next year. Uh, well, exactly, and this could all change if they can find the domain names. But I, I kind of like Commanders. I would have liked our – I saw Armada was also a finalist. I kind of like that a little better. It's got a little more flavor to it. It's like, oh, you got to face the Armada. I kind of like that better. Um, but, I mean, cool. Rebrand, not racist. Cool. And before we get into that story involving racism, which we'll get to in a second, uh, also a bit of breaking news. I'm not playing the sounder again, but Vikings finalists that are known, according to Adam Schefter, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, and Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. So those seem to be the front runners slash finalists for the Minnesota job. So as we were just talking about Jim Harbaugh, now that he's out, those seem to be the three favorites as of now. But speaking of head coaches and some drama, look, this is not a political show. We're not going to get in as details keep coming out. We're not going to get in to the nitty gritty of the Brian Flores thing. It just, for us, we can't really do that justice, especially when we don't know what exactly is going on here. But Brian Flores is suing the NFL over racism allegations. He's shown text messages. He claims to have evidence. Cool. The part that we're going to focus on for this show's sake, the story came out that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross was in trying to bribe slash incentivize Brian Flores to lose his first year with the Dolphins, which if we all remember, they started out like 0-8 and, and they were just awful. I remember Dominique Foxworth on ESPN said that it was immoral that they're trotting their, that team out there, which they ended up being 5-11. and 11 which credit to Brian Flores. But the incentive was every loss the Dolphins got, Brian Flores would get $100,000. And he said that's not happening. So I guess let's focus on that story because it's not only Brian Flores. So Flores is all is claiming that he was incentivized to take. Also a little bit of breaking news. Hugh Jackson, former Cleveland Browns head coach, also claims that he was incentivized when he was in Cleveland to lose. Now, Hugh Jackson's record was 1-31 in his two seasons. So keep that in mind, because if that is indeed true, that makes a hell of a lot of sense that, oh, they were 1-31. in Because, obviously, if there's payment coming your way, sure. Like, I get it. But also, just a really terrible look if these are actually true. So, I, I'm still trying to process all this information. So, Dustin, what are your opinions on... We won't get into the racial stuff because that's still getting sorted out and that we can't do that justice here tonight, especially. 
maybe as the time goes on, we'll dip our toes into those waters. But as of t- let's for tonight, just talk about the whole losing incentivizing scandal. I guess this is going to be a huge scandal if it's true. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's definitely a big deal, and I mean, it's just not a good look. It's just not for the NFL and for Miami and you know several other teams that could be involved. You know, it's just it's just not a good look. And obviously, you know, it's just allegations, so there's nothing like proven yet. But it surely doesn't look good. And I mean, I just hope that it's. I mean, to this point, I hope it's not true because I hope you know that we don't have these kind of people in the world where. You know, we're asking people to lose games because, I mean, why is your organization saying we want to lose games? I get higher draft picks, but, like, what does it do good for your team chemistry when you're asking your coaches to lose games? Like, you're asking to lose the locker room, lose everything. Like, especially, like, what's going to happen to the Dolphins now if this is true? Like, I mean, that that team is going to explode because then no one's going to want to play there if they know that that's what ownership's going to be doing. I mean, that's just – it's not a good look. And, I mean, I want to see more evidence and more – kind of truth behind this because we really like you said we don't know anything right now like we just we were given details and allegations you know i want to wait to see what's true and kind of go from there well and again i'm not dipping my toe in the race waters today i don't have the guts for that quite honestly and i have no real knowledge of any of what's going on but the fact that we're also the dolphins the fact that it's also i mean we're dealing with a race issue here so I mean, there's only one and a half, I believe, coaches. So there's one full-blown African-American coach. I think there's one that's 50%. So literally only one and a half African-American coaches in the league. So now you have this incentivizing thing. Well, unfortunately, the African-American coach has to deal with that. Now, potentially, too, depending on how the Hugh Jackson thing turns out. But I think that's also a factor in all this because now it's like, oh, well, Hugh Jackson sucks as a coach, which, let's be honest, football results, whether this is true or not, football results, that team was awful. And some of that's not his fault. Just the team they had was awful. But I think it also just is like, well, it's not necessarily – it gives people an excuse to say, well, it's not a race thing. It's a record thing. So it's really hard to talk about. Again, and especially, I mean, we're still getting details. So I'm not going to get into all of that. But I do think there's a lot of layers here that make this super complicated. But my final opinion really is this is just a really bad look for the NFL. We already know they have race issues between the Kaepernick stuff and now this stuff going on. They've had issues with race in the past. So all of this coming down, I mean – we don't know if Brian Flores is ever going to coach again. So for this guy to see this issue and all of a sudden basically give up his career, potentially, is just wild. And actually, Ron Rivera said that Flores deserves a coaching job. Well, I don't think he's getting one this year, especially with all this stuff going on, unfortunately. But let's get to lighter subjects. Uh, there are a lot of retirements this week, and obviously there was a big one. But first, we have to acknowledge number seven in Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger, he had some off-the-field stuff, which I think we can't just gloss over in the story of Ben Roethlisberger. However, he was a two-time Super Bowl champ. He's fifth all-time in NFL passing yards. His overall record, his career record was 165-81-1, with the tie coming this year to the Lions, which I find to be hilarious. And he also had 418 touchdowns, 
and tw- well, 211 picks, which he started in a different era. So the picks went down, obviously. But I mean, he's he's going to be up. I don't know if he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Famer in my book. I don't, Dustin. Where do you stand on Big Ben's career? Oh yeah, I mean, it's hard to deny he's he's not a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He will be a Hall of Famer. I mean, props to him. I I never had you know besides his allegations, I never had anything against him as a quarterback. As a person, I can't say so, but uh, yeah, props to him. Good career. Good knowing you. See ya. And really, everyone has had Big Ben in fantasy at least once. So that's my lasting memory actually will probably be, I believe it was Super Bowl 40 or XL. I remember it being XL for some reason where they beat Seattle. And it was just like he got a ton of credit. But Jerome Bettis owned that game from what I remember, or at least they made it seem like it. Willie Parker, that was a name I heard the other day. It just made me smile. Fast moves Willie Parker. That guy was awesome when he played so big ben obviously thanks for being my fantasy quarterback uh and thanks obviously from all the steelers fans because look i'm a packer fan i saw roethlisberger play a handful of times i was never watching the steeler games or anything but i think his legacy too will be he was just so hard to bring down that was he was so good in the pocket just guys would just bounce off him he was so big so massive and in his heyday, had a rocket for an arm. Obviously, it's sad to see him go out the way he did because growing up, that was our guy. Like, I was introduced to football, and he was the Steelers quarterback. Like, the first year I started really following football. So he's been in my life a very long time. So I know what his peaks were. So, yeah, I just – and between him and this next guy we're going to talk about, I just have a deeper appreciate appreciation for how hard football is. Tom Brady, there was some weird stuff. We're not getting into that. Schefter reported it, then he said, Brady said, no, I don't know yet. And then like 24 hours later said, yeah, I'm retiring. So whatever, for whatever that's worth. Tom Brady, seven-time Super Bowl champion, the NFL's all-time passing yards leader. I believe he's also the NFL's touchdown pass leader with 624. Career record of this is crazy to me. His overall career record in 22 years, 243 wins, only 73 losses in 22 years. That is mind-blowing. His New England teams always had a first-round bye. They were always first or second seed until they switched the format. Well, actually, he left New England by the time they switched format. But, you know, as much as it is easy to root against him. I, in my opinion, and chat, if you want to weigh in on this, I would love to get some opinions. I think he surpassed Jordan as the greatest winner of all time. Not greatest athlete, because obviously he had cement bricks for feet and wasn't super nimble and like, yeah, not the greatest athlete, but the greatest winner. I mean, you could argue Bill Russell. I heard Tiger Woods in this conversation, but I think it's a conversation. Brady played a much harder sport than basketball. Basketball is tough, but football, you're getting hit. It's physically punishing. You're dealing with 11 on 11, not, you know, five on five. Truthfully, the greatest winner of my lifetime. I see a comment here for Wayne Gretzky. I'm not a big hockey guy, so maybe you maybe could put him on the list, but I guess his nickname is the great one. 
But for me personally, Tom Brady is the greatest winner of all time. So love him or hate him, damn it, he's got my respect. And the crazy thing is, and I'll let you say something in a second here, he's 44 years old. He threw for 5,300 yards this past season. At 44 years old, it's wild. It really is crazy. Yeah, you know, as you said, it's, you know, as much as we like to, we, you know, we try to hate him because he wins so much, you know, yeah, I respect it at a point, you know, and I like, just like we said, you know, you can hate greatness, but at the end of the day, you got to appreciate it. And obviously he had a hell of a career, seven Super Bowls, you know, how many Super Bowl MVPs, just literally, as you said, I think probably one of the greatest winners of all time, just a great athlete for even at his old age to being able to do it and win. Just everything he's accomplished, yeah, the props to him, good career. Definitely football won't be the same without him, that's for sure. It's it's wild. I mean, I I don't remember the first Packers Super Bowl of my lifetime, which would have been the Patriots one, and it was still blood so. But, I mean, I'm just – I'm really – you know what's weird? When he was in New England, I rooted against him so hard. And then, obviously, this being a Packer first but NFL podcast, the Packer first – thing I especially last year in the NFC championship game like it's like oh man I really want to root against this guy in the Super Bowl because obviously I want the Packers to be second best but it just as well because they lost they should have won that game but that's a different story but it's weird because his Tampa career I really just appreciated him more and I don't really know why that is I can't explain it but, man, I'm not going to continue to eulogize the Tom Brady thing because every one of their brothers doing it. But, man, I, I am sad to see him go. It, it, you're right. Football will not be the same without him. And it, yeah, it makes me sad. But I think we can put he's, – he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I think we can put that case to bed. And remember, it used to be Peyton versus – Tom Brady, I don't think we can really make, have that conversation anymore. I'm pretty sure that conversation's dead. But speaking of retirements, our resident offensive lineman snuck this one in here <laughs> on the show sheet for today. Brandon Brooks, Philadelphia Eagles guard, has retired. Another, Again, another solid career. We're losing a lot of solid football players, and I don't necessarily like it. <laughs> Yeah, hats off to Brooks. You know, he had a heck of a career, especially in Philly. I don't think he retired with Philly, but he definitely had a great career with Philly. And, you know, hats off to him. Great career. You know, hopefully you enjoy your time and do something productive. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't get that far in prepping. I was doing a lot of prep for the other stuff. <laughs> so when you threw the, the guard on our show sheet, I was like uh, – What's that now? Well, yeah, you, you got to respect the game, man. You know, I found I mean, it. Yeah, as Chris Brolt says, who the hell is that? Well, he was a Philadelphia guard when they won the Super Bowl. And, you know, he was a three-time pro bowler. Got some good knowledge on my head. So, you know what? He was a hell of a guard. And while we're while we're buying time, the boogeyman said, is Alexander coming back? If there's anyone that I think for sure the Packers are going to seal down is going to be Jair Alexander. I, I mean, such a young generational cornerback. I mean, they're going to let, like I said, we can, we can talk about this another day, but they're going to let Rodgers and Adams probably go because they just literally can't afford them. They can't do it. I know I heard, like, the Packers' old financial accountant or whatever post saying, oh, the Packers had a plan this whole year. Dude, 
they're 51 million over the cap. What like what plan do you have? We're like, yeah, we're gonna pull this out of thin air so we can pay everybody and then get 20 below it to like even franchise tag De- Devontae Adams. It's just not it's not gonna happen. Like oh uh, look, I'm 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 there with you. And actually, before we get into that whole conversation, I know we just kind of talked about it, but we do have a bit of more. If we haven't had enough, we have more breaking news, so let's play the imaging one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent news story. Breaking news. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen right now! All right. From Ian Rappaport, and Adam Schefter, they're both reporting the same thing. And also Dan Graziano. I want to make sure I give credit to all of them. The Vikings are targeting Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell to become their next head coach for, for all three of those names I just listed. They can't hire him, and they cannot make it official until after the Super Bowl, obviously because the Rams are in it. But it is the expected hire. So it sounds like Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, will be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. So. We were talking <laughs> earlier, so I we'll see. It's the McVay tree. I mean, it's worked for LaFleur, and obviously if he comes from the Rams tree, he knows how to deal with weapons. So, I, look, it's a good hire from Minnesota. We have no uh, – the thing is with these coordinators, some of them are good, some of them are bad. You just – you don't know until you get your their hands in there and figure out how to mold whatever their team will be. So, yeah, but Kevin O'Connell seems to be the Vikings coach. Oh, actually, while we're here, uh, Dan Graziano of ESPN, Vikings have called other candidates to inform them they're out of the running. Deal with O'Connell cannot be official until after the Super Bowl, but it's done, I guess, according to Dan Graziano. So Vikings hire Kevin O'Connell, offensive coordinator for the Rams. But we got some other head coaching news. We started with Brian Flores and all that fun stuff, but we have some more transactional talk. Sean Payton, kind of a surprise, maybe not so much with their uh, situation, but Sean Payton has stepped down as the Saints head coach, another legend, especially down south. He's a legend in New Orleans. Steps away from football. I got to tell you, I was a little surprised. I did I, didn't really expect it. I heard rumors about Dallas, and it's like, yeah, okay, but and it makes sense. But I truthfully believe he'll take a year off and then come back and coach the Cowboys once McCarthy's officially fired. Is that's just what I think is coming next? But Sean Payton steps down at head coach. Thoughts and feelings on that? Well, he got a year without uh, Drew Brees and realized, hey, this sucks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, uh, I mean, he very well could have said that. I mean, but I mean, I think it got to a point where he realized he had enough with his coaching career. And I think, you know, he did what he wanted to as a coach. And I, you know, I think he just kind of called a career. I, you know, I think he wants to probably spend time with family, do other things, you know, obviously with all the drama going on, I'm sure he's like, yep, I'm just retiring. So props to him. Hats off, you know, maybe he'll come back. Who knows? Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's done. I want to make that clear. He's coming back. And I do think it's going to eventually be the Dallas job, especially because at this point, McCarthy's just a total buffoon. Like, they're not winning anything with him at the helm. So, I think for sure that – What do you mean? Uh, Calling a QB scramble with 13 seconds left on the clock isn't a good call? What do you mean? I, You know what? I'm not going to be a McCarthy apologist or defender. I get what they were trying to do, 
But also, it's a little on Dak. Look, it's a dumb call. But if that is your game plan, Dak's got to realize, okay, I have – I can literally – you have to count in your head. I have X amount of seconds. So, like, one, two, three. Okay, I need to get down now so I have enough time to get everyone assembled. Well, when you slide with five seconds left, you're not going to get the whole team lined up and ready to roll. And I know the – well, the official – the official my ass – you have to understand you have 13 seconds left and you have to spike it. You have like five seconds to sprint. After that, it slide. It's done. Get out of the way. But so I yes, McCarthy, that's a dumb call, but I also blame Dak for that. And no one's talking about that. Although that game from Dak was a disaster to begin with. We mentioned a little bit of Packer talk earlier. I think we can have a broader conversation. Uh, but we're gonna. The jumping off point is the Denver Broncos have hired Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett as their new head coach. He brought a couple of guys from the Packers coaching staff with him. So just like the roster, potentially the coaching staff is going to get shaken up a bit as well. Uh, I do have a little thing if you're watching on the live stream about Mo Drayton, the special teams coach. We said this last week that he should have been fired immediately after the game. It was official yesterday. He is not coming back. Thank God. Although, look, the special teams for Green Bay haven't been anything special in a very long time. And look, our former GM even said, I don't necessarily care that much about special teams. Well, okay. But so Mo Drayton, special teams coach, he gone. And Nathaniel Hackett is now coaching the Denver Broncos. So, Dustin, if we're reading tea leaves and connecting dots, what do you think this potentially means for any future of Mr. Rogers? Hmm. You know, we had to have the conversation eventually, but here it goes. Yeah, there's – I'll give it – I'll give a. Th- 35% chance that Rodgers goes to Denver. And I'll give probably like another 30% chance that he retires. And probably like 10% he goes to Steelers. And then the rest of the percentage is staying in Green Bay. Oh, I, so, love a, I love a good pie chart. Yeah, you got to give a nice pie chart, you know. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just, you know, it, he's taken all the coaching staff. And then even Rodgers, I hear – rumored saying that you know he's talking potential trades already so i mean i gotta assume that denver's in there and he said he wants to bring adams and mvs with him so it's like you know his offensive coordinators in denver he wants two his top two weapons to go with him so it's like at this point you know just do the trade already so it's gonna happen probably ah this is really hard to talk about because i really am kind of lost because if you told me they're resetting and rebuilding and blowing it up, yeah, your team, you've had a championship caliber roster for the last three years. Now, the first year was a little fraudulent, but they were in they were in the dance. They were in the final four, and it hasn't been enough. So I, something's got to give. So either you start over or you try and add, but you don't have the ability to add unless you're making trades and trading out salary to match salary, and even then, you have to give out more salary and take back less because of all this. They're in salary cap hell. So, and I was thinking about this today for before the show. So they got Rashawn Gary. So that's something, which means most likely, and because he's on a cheap rookie deal yet, Sidarius Smith 
gone. Preston Smith, gone. Okay. That helps a little, but that's most likely what's going to happen. Okay, well, now you probably need some help on the edge. And Garvin, 53 Garvin, I don't know his first name. He subbed in a couple times during the season with injuries and stuff, but come on. They're, so they're going to need an upgrade there. Linebacker-wise, you're probably not bringing Devondre Campbell. His price tag just went up. Rasul Douglas already has said that he deserves a little more than the minimum, and he's 1,000% right. So, okay, you have Jair yet, I believe, still on one or two years. I believe it's – I think it's just one, actually. So you got Jair, one-year deal. I don't know that for a fact, but short-term. You have Stokes, okay, that potentially – I don't think this is going to happen, but potentially if Stokes keeps climbing upward and keeps on that upward trajectory, maybe that makes Alexander expendable. Then you could save money that way. I even hate saying that because I would start with those two on my defense and feel pretty darn good. But you're paying Kenny Clark. You're paying David Bakhtiari. So the whole thing is super, super complicated. So, and look, and I guess we'll, we can talk about this next week. But for our show purposes, we're probably, after next week, going to take a bit of a hiatus and then come back for free agency draft, all that fun stuff. And if there's breaking stuff in between, obviously we'll pop in, like if Rodgers decides anything. But And actually, there was a report over the weekend the Packers brass met with Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers side, anyway, was optimistic that he'll be back. Do we believe that? <laughs> Dustin, do you believe that? Not one goddamn bit do I believe that. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> all right, we talked about this at the end of the season. I just kind of foreshadowed it. You know, I don't care how many people tell me that they can figure out the cap situation. Even if they can figure it out and keep everybody. We went for three years with the same exact team and fell up short three years in a row. Like, tell me what is going to change from this last year to this next year that says, oh, we're going to win a Super Bowl with this team. Nothing could convince me to say that. At this point, I almost hope it's a rebuild. Like, let us rebuild. Like, it's it's time. We're due. And like, this was this was the plan before last season. Like, that's why this season was so big. So, like, you know, so momental because we're like, we're gonna have to rebuild after this. So, you know, just let it happen. Let the pieces fall into place, and hope that Jordan Love is a Kirk Cousins at worst. You know, let it fall into place. If he's Kirk Cousins, okay, cool. So, and I do want to throw something at you that I saw over the weekend too, but this was the exact quote that I read. Uh, so this is courtesy of Packers Wire from USA Today. According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, Aaron Rodgers spent several days in Green Bay discussing the team's future with Matt LaFleur and the team's leadership following the Packers' playoff departure last weekend, giving the team a sense of quote-unquote cautious optimism that Rodgers will return in 2022. So I guess they're not fully optimistic, but they're cautiously optimistic. Man, it's tough because what they have no choice. They're going to have to make cuts. So I want to throw this at you. If there is indeed a trade, how, how does this trade sound? Now, I believe this is one of those Bleacher Report articles where they just kind of float things out there and see what sticks. But I kind of dig it. So they it's a, a massive deal. So you are trading Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, both of them, package deal, to Denver for three or four future first-round picks, Jerry Judy, and Noah Fan. 
How do you feel about that deal? Because my instant reaction, look, you know, this isn't the parameters. I want to make this clear. Hold on. Before we go any further, people listening to this podcast, I am not saying that this was proposed. This was a hypothetical trade thrown out by the good people at Bleacher Report. Just hypothetical. Not a framework. Nothing's going down as of yet. Hypothetical. Okay. Now that the disclaimer's out there. So, Judy, Fant, three or four first-round picks for Rodgers and Adams. How are you feeling about that? Because I kind of dig it. If we're going for a rebuild anyway, you have your Adams replacement and Jerry Judy, who before he got hurt last year was awesome. You finally have a dynamic tight end that can do a number of different things, and he has speed and athleticism. And you load up picks for the future, whether you want to trade those for somebody or draft and use those picks yourself. Go for it. But anyway, how do you feel about a trade around there? Yeah, that's that's definitely interesting. Um, I mean, honestly, I would probably take it. But, I mean, if they could if they could maneuver one of those first-round picks into, like, Bradley Chubb, if they could get him from Denver, I would that would be preferred to, like, say, you can keep that pick and we'll even give MVS. And if you give us Bradley Chubb, we'll call it good. I mean, that would be a – Great a deal for the Packers right there because you're getting how many young studs? Obviously, like you said, Judy, Fant, and then Chubb, and those three guys can help really rebuild the team. And then if you even get two first round picks on top of that, like that's that's a great a trade right there. The only thing is, I don't know that Denver would say yes to adding Bradley Chubb. So if it comes down to you know Fant or Chubb, because I think Judy's got to be in the deal, especially if you're dealing Adams, because yeah. you got to replace him with something. Otherwise, you literally have nothing. Yeah, banking on Amari Rogers, which we all know how we feel about him at these days, and he might get better. But anyway, so even if it's okay, we'll give you Judy Chubb and three first round picks. Great, send it to the league office because then Denver, they look. Denver's always got a pass rush. I know they just traded Von Miller, but they got extra picks from that. Like Denver will be all right, especially if they have Rogers and Adams because they're still sitting with their weapons on offense are incredible. Mm-hmm. Then if they just become a shoot 'em out team, cool. And their defense is good. They got Sertan, and they got some dudes back there. So it's not like – I mean, yes, Bradley Chubb's a big piece, but still. But I, I like that. So, look, if that's where this is heading and it's inevitable anyway, Rodgers' value is never, is never going to be higher than it is today. Devontae Adams' uh, trade value will never be as high as it is today. So if you're restarting anyway, that's the way to do it. Jumpstart everything. Give Jordan Love the tools – and some young pieces around him to grow with, and let's go get this thing. It might be a year or two to, before they do the getting, but, yeah, that sounds like a decent way to go about things, at least yeah. in my opinion. And then uh, one more additional thought. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, nope. with one of those first-round picks, really, I mean, if you could get this next year's draft pick from them, I mean, really, you could pick Chris Olave, which I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL. I really do. I mean, you could, you could pick one of, like, four receivers out of this class and they're probably going to be studs. So I mean, you got to think there's so much potential to get another receiver too. So even if Jerry Judy's done it, you're going to, you're going to get a stud out of this draft one, one way or the other. Well, and I would assume if they make this trade, it's going to be in March before the draft so that they can prep. And I would imagine that they're going to ask, especially if they're sending both those guys, or even if it's just Rogers, they're definitely getting this first, this year's first round pick for Denver, and truthfully, I don't even know where they pick, but it can't be very low. It's got to be a 15 or higher for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I look, I'm there with you. And 
look, maybe he does come back and we get one more season. I just I don't know what the team's going to look like. So I, sure, he might come back, and I guess that makes you competitive because then you'll slap the tag on Devontae Adams. But I, the whole thing just going to take a lot of work, and that's why they don't pay us. That's why they pay other people like Russ Ball and Brian Gutekunst to do all that work because, truthfully, I don't know if there's a clear answer. How, yes, I like this trade proposal. Burrow and Chase for Rodgers and Adams. Cool. Clean swap. Although they'd probably rather have Burrow at this point. I think I'd yeah, rather. Bengals would answer the phone. If they if they said, we'll give you Rodgers and Adams for Burrow and Chase, they'd probably just hang up the phone and be like, no way. Right? Isn't that, and isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. And look, I guess there are some other moves. I guess we'll just throw them out there uh, so we can get to this past weekend before we say goodbye for the week. Bears hired Ryan Poles as their GM and Matt Eberflus as their head coach. I listen to a lot of Chicago radio for whatever reason. I do like one of their morning shows, Cap and Jay Hood. Shout out to them. They seem to be excited about the Poles thing because they're looking for leadership. And he went basically over management and said, no, this is my hire. I'm doing what I want and hired Eberflus. So, I mean, good for Bears fans, I guess. Um I don't know much. Iberflus had a decent defense. I guess his fourth quarter defensive numbers were awful, especially in the fourth quarter, which isn't great. But he's hired Luke Getze, Packers offensive coordinator for their, or I'm sorry, quarterbacks coach for their offensive coordinator position. So I, the Bears are shaking it up and trying things new. Any thoughts on the Bears hires? I like I don't. I don't know anything about their new head coach. Honestly, I don't know, really know anything about them. This is the problem. Like when we talk about when you hire coordinators, you have no idea how they're going to be at a head coaching position because that that's yep. completely different than just focusing on one side of the ball. Because now you have to worry about all three dimensions. And then obviously, if one lacks, you see like the Packers. If one lacks, you're going to have problems. So yep. you know, I guess if they're happy with it, you know, we'll wait and see. Obviously, you know, the Bears were happy with. You know, Trubisky a couple of years ago, and look how that worked out for him now. So, you know, time will tell and see. I mean, apparently, like you said, people really like polls. So I guess good for them. I mean, yeah, I look, I think truthfully, I think their ownership is so screwed up that it's not going to matter. And, and look, and I'm just, again, I listen to a lot of Chicago radio, so I'm going off their opinions. It's the only reason I'm informed at all on any of this. But much like the Cubs, Big market team, they run it like a mom and pop shop. Well, we don't have any money because of the pay- baloney. I went to several games at Wrigley Field this year, and that place is packed. You cannot tell me they're not printing money at Wrigley. Same thing for the Bears. Well, we don't have enough money, salary cap. It. Get out of here. You're the freaking Chicago Bears. Like, it's you, the Niners, the Patriots, the Steelers, those are the legacy franchises. Packers, obviously, in there, too, but they're small market. They're not big. Like, of all the teams I just mentioned, the Bears are the empire that could be, but they just can't figure it out because their ownership is so dumb. And I, I don't even – like, they're just dumb in a lot, a lot of the ways they operate. So, yeah. So that's where the Bears are. So they can hire whoever they want until ownership is out of there. I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, let's move on to Vegas. Vegas hired a new GM, Dave Ziegler, and kind of the surprise of the weekend, at least for me, they pried Josh McDaniels out of Foxborough, so he is the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, which personally I love because I really think I think Vegas is good. 
I think they maximized their talent last year under Rich Bisaccio, which still blows my mind, after all the garbage they went through. They could have won a playoff game and were in that game until the very end. So Josh McDaniels, head coach, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think, you know, that's that's a good hire. Obviously, Josh McDaniels being, you know, the the guy for the Patriots. But granted, you know, we talk about, you know, you, you go back to like the Brady and Belichick dilemma, you know, who's who's more important, you know, and you think it, you look back and do it, you know, was McDaniels really, you know, all that, or was it really Brady and Belichick doing the work? You know, you, you really don't know. Again, this is where we kind of go flashback to, you don't know how they're going to be as a head coach. You have no idea. So hopefully, obviously, I like Derek Carr. I hope hopefully see some success out of him. But yeah, I mean, they, like you said, they barely lost a playoff game to the Super Bowl, you know, contender right here. So it's, it's wild to think about that. So we'll see. And I mean, he's, he's had to do a little bit of a rehab tour because his head coaching record was 11 and 17 with Denver. And he kind of left not in disgrace, but it was kind of an ugly divorce. So, but if you stand next to Belichick, your image will be rehabbed lickety split. And that's, I mean, he could have had the Colts job last year and he just decided he didn't want it. So, I mean, cool. (laughs) Good for McDaniels. I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, Another one, the Giants hired Brian Dayball as their head coach. The only reason that this one's interesting to me is because I don't really know who gets credit for Josh Allen. I guess it would be Dayball, but I mean, Daniel Jones currently is a very poor man's Josh Allen. There's a lot of similar qualities. Both he doesn't have Daniel Jones doesn't have the arm that Allen has, but it's still a decent. It's a decent rocket. He's a lot faster and a lot more mobile than any of us thought, which I think is the same as Josh Allen. So if anyone can figure it out, cool. Dayball makes sense there. That was actually one of the ones that uh, I kind of liked. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I don't have much to say on that, so I'm just gonna have to agree with you. You know, I probably would have said the same thing. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> as as we uh, wrap up the show here, uh, we got to talk a little bit of Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl matchup is the Cincinnati Bengals against the Rams. There was so much news that yes, we're talking about the championship games at the very end of this podcast. And look, good for Cincinnati. I don't know how good. They actually are. And I so, Boogeyman, thank you for chiming in. Appreciate you watching, brother. Um, so they de- they stopped Mahomes. Or I, you know what? Actually, I'm going to battle that back on that because I truthfully believe Mahomes kind of beat himself. And they could definitely do that to Stafford. They could play the mind games with Stafford because Stafford's probably going to throw you one or two. If you catch him, that's two picks. Easy. He's kind of like a hyped up Garoppolo a little bit. I like Stafford, but this playoff run, he's thrown interceptable balls. You better just be ready to catch him. But all the Bengals did was rush three and drop everyone in coverage, and Mahomes just would not. We talked about this earlier in the year. He wouldn't take the underneath stuff. He just kept trying to launch deep, launch deep, couldn't find anything because obviously there's eight guys back there. And then he would either take a sack with three rushing, which is really hard to do, or it would just be a negative play. Or an incompletion. Like, he just would not get out of his own way. He tries to be Superman all the time. Just take what they give you. And it just – that was my real take on the AFC Championship game. I'm really happy that Cincinnati won. Good for those fans. I mean, they haven't – literally have not won anything ever. So, good for them. 
but yeah, I I think Kansas City kind of beat themselves because they they had the lead, they were dominating that game, and then it just all fell apart in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I so on that, I agree with you to a point. I think you know Mahomes did kind of beat himself a little bit. He, he did not make very good decisions that game, but at the same time, you know their defensive coordinator had a great strategy to stop him, and they they figured it out. I mean, they they definitely figured it out. But I mean, the problem is. You know, if, if you're going to go into the Super Bowl against a very talented Rams team and expect to give up a lead and expect to come back like they did against the Chiefs, I don't think it's going to work out. Because no. the Rams are very, like, fundamentally sound all around. That's why they are they are where they are, because they're fundamentally sound. They can win games on every level. So yep. I think that's the biggest question right now is, really, who's going to show up right away? Like, who's going to get out to a fast start? Because, I mean, we talk about this the whole time, yep. getting out to a fast start. But I think this game is really going to matter. Because, I mean, you get the Rams who are really fundamentally sound and the Cincinnati Bengals who just, you know, they're a second-half team. So I think if the Bengals can get out early, they're going to seal it up second half. But if the Bengals get down, I think it's going to be hard for them to come back against the the Rams. So, obviously, there will be no lockdown gambling show this week. There actually wasn't one last week. I That was my fault. I dropped the ball on that one. So I take, I'm sorry, lockdown gambling show fans. I, I botched that one. Next week, though, we're going to do a big Super Bowl thing. I already got some stuff planned. Just have to get some some I's dotted and some T's crossed. But anyway, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about. If uh, Cincinnati can start fast. But here's the problem. Even in the Tennessee game, in the divisional round, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. And look, that's a really good defense in Tennessee. It's not like this. It's not like this team. They have Leonard Floyd, Von Miller. Aaron Donald, Brockers, they got some dogs up front. If you can't even slow them down, Joe Burrow is going to be eating grass all day long. And that doesn't spell well because the Rams are going to do what the Rams do. That's just going to – I mean, the Rams are going to score – you know they're going to score anywhere from 24 to 31. It's going to be somewhere in there. And if Burrow's on his back, that means he's not throwing the ball downfield. If he's not throwing the ball downfield, that means – I mean, look, and the other thing, too, is commenter. Yeah, Ramsey's on your best weapon. Now, Ramsey can be burned. He has a couple times his playoffs. Now you're really going to be looking at Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, and really the Rams' run defense has been awesome. Last week combined, I'm pretty sure Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel rushed for under 75 yards combined. So, look, Mixon, they might take out Mixon. They might take out Chase. Now you're looking at Uzama, or I don't even know. Is Uzama still hurt? I know he got turned off in the championship game, so he probably won't even be available. I think he's questionable as of now. But I thought I thought he went back to the game. I think because he got he got up and I think it was his ankle or his knee or something. I think he got up. Pretend, I know he's I saw him on the sideline. I was kind of in and out of that game because I was disappointed the Packers from playing. But anywho, <laughs> uh, we don't have to get into that again, even though I'm still salty about it. Anyway, so, I mean, they're going to have to look at their secondary weapons in Higgins, who had a great game against Kansas City, and Tyler Boyd. And, obviously, they're really deep at receiver. But they're just there's a lot of problems for the Bengals. And as if I was betting today, which I am not, I'm waiting until next week, I think I would bet the Rams. I think the line's currently at four. Like, it's just, oh, it's really hard for me to see Cincinnati winning the Super Bowl this year. It just is. You know, I'm, I'm not with you on that. 
Bengals all the way, baby. Let's go, Burrow. Look, I'm rooting for the Bengals. I hope the Bengals win. We got we got Joe Joe Shiesty at quarterback. I don't know if you've seen those memes at all, but they are hilarious. They are so funny. I see so many. I had to get off social media. It's oh, gross. I was just dying this last this whole last week. It's it's everyone just trolling Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and his wife and everything. And they're just saying, oh, yeah. they're saying, like, like, I want my daddy. They're like, I want your daddy too. And it's just a whole bunch of pictures of Joe Burrow. It's just hilarious. I'm just just dying over him. But yeah, I got faith in him. I know we said and like these questions, but I like the hot hand. Bengals are the hot hand. I'm taking Bengals on that one. Sorry, I'll tell you right now. Well, hey, I mean, we got a full week, and truthfully, we'll probably have like a week and a half before the Lockdown Gambling Show, which I'm hoping you will be a part of. I'm doing my plan. So if you're watching at home, camera, I don't know why I looked at my other screen. Camera, if you have been on the Lockdown Gambling Show, I am inviting you right now, and I will send a text or DM to all of you. You are invited back for a Super Bowl roundtable. We're going to go over prop betting which some of them are out, but we're going to wait, obviously, till next week to do all that. We're going to do some props. We are going to do the actual game itself. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you tune in for that. That will be next week before the game. But anyway, I as of right now, if, the, if that line got down to three, I'm taking the Rams for sure. Lock it in. But that four, I've lost a lot of money on the Rams because they can never cover the four. I don't know why. And the other thing is, too, the entire playoffs, every game has been decided by a last-second field goal. Every single one. So why would that change now? So, truthfully, I think it's going to either be a blowout in the Rams' favor or it's going to come down to a field goal again and a coin flip. But we can talk about that all next week. We're going to wrap up the show right now. Thank you for watching. Uh, make sure, if you don't know, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. we got a lot of stuff going on there. So make sure, and if you want to just watch the show again, if you want to watch a live feed, YouTube, that's where you go. Uh, make sure to check out Dustin's Fanalytics show. He did the Justin Fields one. He's working on some stuff right now. So make sure you stay subscribed to that so you stay tuned for all of that stuff that Dustin's got going on with the Fanalytics. Make sure you subscribe to our audio-only feeds on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And obviously, make sure to just at some point during the day, even though they hurt you, I understand. I'm also hurt. But make sure you always remember to say this little phrase. Oh, hey!